0: This is Ron Friedman speaking under great duress, reminding you that this is Gilbert Gottfried's colossal, amazing, unbelievable, stimulating, should-be-rated X because it contains things that could be harmful to your genitals podcast. Lucky you! It could be a shitty weather report. This is Gilbert Gottfried, and this is Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast with my co-host, Frank Santo Padre and our engineer, Frank Ferdorosa. Our guest this week is a director, comedian, and popular, versatile, and Tony-winning actor who's appeared in both on- and off-Broadway, as well as in notable TV and movie roles, since the 1960s, you've seen in his work in hit TV shows like The Mary Tyler Moore Show, The Carol Burnett Show, Taxi, L.A. Law, Gimme a Break, St. Elsewhere, Night Court, The X-Files, Dharma and Greg. And in his own primetime series, Paul Sand in Friends and Lovers.
1: And curb your enthusiasm. That's next.
0: Yes. Oh, go. Oh, okay, I'm sorry.
1: I thought you were done.
0: That was the next sentence. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. I've had
1: chocolate. I well, told now
0: you. you now you've thrown off the whole <laughs> timing. He's now down. we'll
1: be spontaneous. <laughs> yeah. He's okay. Up on chocolate.
0: Well, well, you've you've killed my introduction.
1: <laughs> okay. Let's let's start over again. Okay. Go back. Uh, to, to no, from now, now just
0: go end in an unforgettable role on Larry David's Curb Your Enthusiasm. You bet. See, you forgot about that, huh? (laughs) I forgot that one. (laughs) That's why it's written down. He's also done memorable work in feature films such as Viva Max, Holy Moses, The Great Bank Hoax, The Main Event, Teen Wolf 2, Chuck and Buck, and a movie that's been discussed on this podcast, The Hot Rock. Oh, yes. Mm. Co- hey, stop <laughs> interrupting. Oh. Yeah, co-starring with our one-time podcast guest, Ron Liebman and Charlotte Ray. He's also starred in on the New York and Chicago stage as part of the famed Second City Comedy. Company. Company. Not comedy. Second City Company. Second City Comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Second City Company. Yes. All right, I'm going home. As well as the Mad Show, inspired by Mad Magazine, and he won a Drama Desk Award and a Tony Award for playing multiple roles in the Broadway production of the Paul Sills Story Theater. Along the journey, he shared the stage and screen with some of the most prominent figures in film, TV, and theater, including Robert Redford, George Segal, Alan Arkin, Barbara Harris, Richard Pryor, Dudley Moore, George Carlin, Zero Mostel, and Barbara Streisand. He even worked with the legendary Marcel Marceau. Please welcome to the show a favorite performer of Frank's and mine and a man who says he once threw up in the presence of Judy Garland, the talented old Sand. Well, <clears throat> well, I know. Thank
1: I think- you. That was. I think that was everything. I think that <laughs> that was a lot. That was a lot. We're completists, yeah. Paul.
0: Did did I mention curb your enthusiasm?
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Should I tell you my throw-up story Please. with Judy Garland? Yes. We insist. Yes. Okay. So, uh, I'm in uh, Paris with the legendary Marcel Marceau. And then I come back and then I'm sleeping at my parents' house. And uh, I get a, f- a telephone call from a choreographer named Paul Godkin, wonderful man. And he said, Why don't you come down? I'm staging a show for Judy Garland. Maybe there's something in it for you. So, do I have to talk fast? No. No. Talk talk at your normal pace. I'm racing. Isn't that weird? It's the chocolate. So, so, um, anyway, I went down there, and there was uh, all these people from the Freed group. And those are people that ran all the MGM musicals in the early days. Arthur Freed was the main guy. And uh, anyway, so uh, Roger Edens was the, the... Piano player, um, and Kay Thompson was in the room. Remember Kay Thompson? Should I know the name. Anyway, anyway okay. So they were going to pick out the chorus people. So I thought, I don't want to do that. So I said, is there anything special like an audition for? And they said, yeah, do we pick the guys. So they picked the guys. Then they said, what do you want to do? And I said, I don't know, play some music. And I, they played music, and I just pretended I was in an MGM musical. And I had all been able to dance, and I worked with Marceau forever. And uh, so I start doing uh, dances, and, like, from MGM. And then Judy Garland walks in. And she literally entered laughing, and uh, <laughs> with a group of people, with a group of people, uh, and she sees that this guy, me, is standing. I mean, is auditioning, and she became. I'm racing again. She became very friendly and uh, polite, and uh, she liked everything. She says, "Do another one. Do another one." So she had me do three or four improvised dances, and then I said. Would you excuse me a minute? And I went out this exit, the into an alley, uh, and I I said I don't feel good. And anyway, I started to get sick against this wall of the alley. <laughs> and there's this little hand is holding my forehead, and I look, and I it's Judy Garland holding my head while I'm. Puking. I, guess, <laughs> I can say that. Oh, my God. Yes, you can say that. <laughs> right. Okay. And, so, and I said, I'm really sorry. I said, I do this but when I get nervous. And she said, oh, don't worry about it. You, When we're on the road, you can use my bucket.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. And I
1: said, well, does that mean I got the job? And she says, yeah. Can you sing? So I'm looking at Judy Garland, and I feel like I'm watching the movies, you know? Sure. And I feel like maybe I'm Donald O'Connor. And I thought, I can't tell the truth. I can't go back now. So I said, yeah, I can sing. And she said, well, then, you know, arrange it, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, and come and be my partner. I'm doing this tramp number that I did with Fred, she said. Mm-hmm. Fred Astaire mm-hmm. in the movies. Um and uh, and you do it. And, it, and that's how it started. And a friendship was born.
2: She held your head while you vomited. Yes, beautiful. And yes. you went on the you went on the road with her for for, yes, for a while.
1: One night stands. We lived on a train. She was recreating like the vaudeville days. Wow. So there were comics and singers, and I just did that one one piece with her, with her. And that was it. Was my first real job actually? Yeah. yeah. That was my first paying job.
0: It was you- before Second City, even. Do you yeah. remember any of the comics? Frank Fontaine. Wow! Oh, crazy Guggenheim. Yes. Hi, Joe. Hi, Mrs. Anna. It was pretty. It was
1: yeah. And it, 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 he, uh, yeah, it was pretty straight. He wanted my job. He wanted to do the number with Judy. And so he would be whispering into my ear all the time that they're going to fire you, and I'm going to I'm going to do your part. So that was upsetting. But, yeah, I started learning early the meanness of show business. Sure. Ooh. I'm trying to wrap my mind around
2: Paul Sand on the road with Judy Garland and Crazy Guggenheim. You remember he used to do that character on the Gleason show, Paul? Used to do Not the drunk really? Oh he used, no. that's what Frank Fontaine. That was that was his his sort of uh stage yeah. uh, Gleason, a character. Gleason hmm. would be
0: the bartender, and they'd go, "Hey, you're crazy! Hey, I didn't know I he had. Yeah, he was a he was a funny
2: drunk. Yeah, in the days when you could get away with doing that kind of thing. Yeah, I get
0: it. And yeah. who yeah.
2: Are
1: the
0: other comics?
1: Anybody that, else come to mind? He's the only one. But there was a group of singers called. The high lows, Wow. Does that re- it mean the anything? High lows. It I'm going to have to research that. Yeah, I heard, look. The, the, I heard you say you, that
2: you thought she was psychic, Judy
1: Garland. She, well, I think highly intuitive. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't know what's really psychic, you know, but highly intuitive. Because uh, she always knew when to leave a party. She would say, let's get out of here. There's going to be a fight. And we would, and there was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a talent. <laughs> See, what? I I what? hear so many stories of Judy Garland being a total mess, like totally confused, totally screwed up, and you uh, have a different opinion. Well,
1: I don't know. I, I was with her every day, and she seemed like a— Extremely talented lady, and very polite, and very encouraging, and very helpful. And she was never weird to me. Mm-hmm. She did only know who I was every other day. <laughs> <laughs> How
0: so? That <laughs> <How so? laughs> was the. I don't know why.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: So she, the, yeah. she she'd work with you, and the next day not know who you were. Well, we all had to get
1: uh, get on a train, you know, to go to the next town, like Eugene, Oregon or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, give me a penny. So I give her a penny, and she would put it on the tracks, and the train would run over it, and it'd be real flat. And she said, here, keep this in your pocket. It'll be good for you. So I said, okay. And then the next morning, I'd see her on the, on the train, and I'd go, hi, and she'd look at me like, who are you? Wow. So but she was uh, that's the only odd thing but I liked her and she was uh really helpful early in your career. I mean oh, well just those few months because yeah. Yeah, Did you become, did you let on that you were kind of obsessed with MGM musicals as a kid? Did you did you share that with her? I th- I don't know, maybe she before she walked into the room, I mean, and Ginger Rogers was in the room. Wow, ah. wow. I know I, w- I would have thrown up too. <laughs> pretty, it was very exciting. it was and he, this Roger E played the piano and it sounded like a full orchestra. Wow, it was incredible. incredible.
2: Let's go anyway. but ba- let's go back, Paul, a little bit because uh, Gilbert thought all these years you were
1: Jewish. yeah, I'm very heartbroken. Paul Sand. Which is not stop, your real name? Stop you know, Well, no, wait a minute. I am Jewish. My mother's Russian Jew, ah. and my my father's a Mexican.
0: Ah, so you are a Jew? Yeah. Oh, I was it's, gonna. I was gonna stop the interview right is here. Is that how that if your mother was... if
2: your mother's Jewish, that makes you Jewish, right? Is that the is that the uh, is that how that works? You were you were born Paul Sanchez, and you changed. That's it. right. When did, That's wh- the Mexican side. When yeah. did it become Sand? And how did
1: you how did you settle on Sand? I, somehow, I got an agent named Lillian Small, and she said, just like in the movies, we got to do something about that name because everyone's going to think you're like some Jew from the Bronx, and you're going to walk in. No, every you're gonna walk in with the name Sanchez, and they're good, gonna expect somebody dark and swarthy. But really, you look like a Jew from the Bronx. So let's change your name. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it like sitting like this, and we're through it. And I was always sitting on the beach. I always lived on the beach, and how sand as half a Sanchez. And, ah. you know, like that. but that's in those days when those stories existed. You know, we don't bother. Anymore to change names.
0: Now I don't when, think that's right. You went out to France, and how did you locate Marcel Marceau? You have you've done some amazing research. This first is time anyone—it's the first said time he's that. ever done
1: it, Paul. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's amazing. It's, yeah, I, I'm in Paris. I go to the Herald Tribune, uh, which is this English-speaking uh, English-language newspaper. And I went to Art Buckwold. Ah. Sure. I went to his desk that he worked on the Herald Tribune at that time. And I said, I'm this American guy. I'm looking for Marcel Marceau. Do you have his address? And he looked in his Rolodex, and he gave it to me, and he said, good luck. And I said, okay, thank you. And then I found where Marcel Marceau lived, and I— Knocked on the door, and I learned how to say, "I don't speak French." So I said, "Excusez-moi, mais je ne parle pas français." And he says to me, "Well, I speak perfect English, (laughs) just like that." Wow! (laughs) And (laughs) so, yeah. So uh, he said, "I don't have a school, but I have a company. Why don't you come back in a couple of weeks and audition for me?" And I did, and I got in the company. Wow! Now, so th-
0: what? What amazes me with Marcel Marceau is, I would see him on TV, and I knew he was a great mime. But his past, his history—um—that he was in the French Resistance. True. Yes, indeed. Yes. Yeah. He ever talk about that,
1: Paul? Never. Interesting. I didn't know that, for, until years later when I read about him, really, I had no idea. Yeah, he and, never talked about it.
0: And he would go on these dangerous missions where he'd smuggle children out of the out of the country, and um, and he said that he kept the children quiet in those times that were terrifying times. He kept them quiet by performing mime for them and entertaining them.
1: As a real hero. Yeah. That's amazing. That's an uh, that's amazing, yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. So
0: he rescued about 70 children, I think. You uh,
2: you, you were at a point in your life where you just decided that you, you needed a change of scenery. You were what, 19? You didn't uh, you didn't want to uh, go to just, New York?
1: No, no, yeah, but I think it was about 18, 18. 19 in there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I didn't want to – I wanted to run away from home. Uh, I mean, my parents were wonderful and loving and no problem. But I didn't want to go to San Francisco. I didn't want to go to New York. I wanted to go to France. I've seen uh, – I was always going to French movies. I was uh-huh. always wearing black turtlenecks. You know? <laughs> <laughs> really? No, true, true,
2: true. Yeah. What, did, what, did they, what did they think when they saw you over there?
1: That I was a cowboy. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> they did. They all thought of it. And over here, before I left, they thought I was a French guy. You know. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Let let, let me talk about a, a little bit about your about your childhood too, because you you were a, you were a shy kid, but you were a, you were a movie buff. You loved MGM musicals. You loved French movies. You loved all this stuff. Your parents are, were always encouraging to you.
1: Extreme, uh, supportive. Supportive. Yeah, I mean, they didn't push me around, but right. they had this, yeah, I would get up in the morning and say I want to take piano lessons, and they said okay or whatever, and they always encouraged me, like, yeah, supported me about yeah.
0: And wasn't it that you said they were held back in their childhoods?
2: Well, they didn't get to pursue their dreams, so yeah. they, they well, yeah, it was yeah. in
0: you know, in their day, it
1: was like. My mom wanted to be a ballerina, and you can't be a dancer, they said. My father was a wonderful painter, a beautiful, wonderful painter, but uh, he had to support the family, so yeah, but he, he would paint sometimes. I still have a great painting of his, a few of them, yeah.
2: Your mother said you could study with Viola Spolin, the great Viola Spolin, as long as you didn't become a child
1: a child actor? I'm stunned at everything you know. <laughs> I am. No, well, it's what we stunned. do, it's what we care about. But that's amazing to me. Yeah, I, I saw a play one night and it was all under a blue light and I was captivated and I, thought, I said, that's what I want to do. So the, she called up UCLA and said, who's the best teacher for kids who won't make them crazy? You know, (laughs) and and, and so uh, they found Viola Spolin, and uh, we met and she got a scholarship for me, which was great. And uh, my folks said, you can act, uh, take classes as long as you want, but you can't be a child actor. You can do all this, but you can't go and, you know.
0: Yeah, they didn't want you to be one of the screwed up. Uh, crazy child actors.
1: Yeah, I think that was their their reasoning. Yeah, yeah. I think it was wise.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah. A little a little
2: yeah. context about Viola Spolin, yeah. though, by the way, whose name has come up on this show before. Well, I told I you guess. we we had Peter Bonner's here. Oh yeah, and we had other people here, who and I I can't think of who they are now, but other people who who uh, gave credit to Viola Spolin. Well, I think Ed Asner too was in the Compass Players, wasn't he? We we had Ed here. He, he mentioned mm-hmm. her I mean she goes back to the 30s she goes back to the the the, the WPA I mean she was yes she, she was an actress she was a teacher she was a, di- a director she, a, and mentored a lot of people and she's the inventor of theater games
1: she is yeah she invented the whole matter of fact I uh, I belong to her little company called the young actors company and she tried out all these theater games on us. So I was about 9, 10, 9 years old. And wow. uh, so all the whole her whole technique became my technique eventually, Of course. not even aware of it, you
2: know. Right. So how long did you study with her because I'm now I'm trying to fill in the gap between you taking starting with her at 9 and disappearing off to Paris at 19.
1: Yeah, it was uh, I studied with the woman well, I came back and I worked more with her or Paul Sills. Mm-hmm. I was with the whole family forever. Yeah, right. Yeah,
2: and, and these are the these are the 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 this is the the father and the mother, if you will, of modern of improv.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Now,
0: this Absolutely. is this is usually the question I ask toward the end of the show. But what what are some of the things you've learned? The most important lessons you've learned about acting and performing. Not to, not to try too hard. To trust
1: your own intuition to trust yourself to trust your own person That just it's very hard to be yourself but i think that's what works because we all have almost everything in us uh and then you just you just play yourself basically but you play yourself doing everything you know uh, yeah we never were taught to put on uh, odd makeup or funny noses or wigs and things. It just, it all comes out. I had the pleasure yeah. of working with
2: uh, your old friend, uh, Alan Arkin, uh, on a talk show a couple of years ago. <clears throat> and we asked him, what was the mistake that people in improv make? And he said, trying to be funny. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's what's wrong. That, that's, when I go to a improv sh- company now, it's to me, it's painful because everyone's trying so hard and that's all I pick up is people trying too hard rather than being spontaneous. Viola used to compare imp- true improvisation with a basketball game where everybody's on the same side and we can't play the game without each other. And now it's become, it seems to me everyone's competitive with each other. And that doesn't make for mm, brilliance. Mm-hmm.
2: Did Paris live up to your expectations so you had seen all these Godard films and Truffaut films and you, you Yes. Had, you, okay. So it, <laughs> you had a, an idea of what it was going to be
1: like and it It was just like the movies. It was great. Lived up to your expectations. It was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You
0: know, you know what's funny when you were saying about being yourself? I've been in both sides. One where I've auditioned for things and other times where I've watched other people audition and people come in, and they'll be totally charming and likable. And then all of a sudden, they act.
1: Yeah. That's it. They're gone. Yeah. There's nobody there. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, harp technique was more about being of service on stage to, to the other performers.
1: And, and, and it being a group thing, getting out of the way. Exactly. Just being with each other and uh, seeing what comes up. Takes a lot of courage, but it pays off.
2: Mm-hmm. At, at some point in Paris, you decided what I've had. I've had enough of this, and I have to go home.
1: Uh, well, no, wait a minute. Where did you read <laughs> that? Because that's absolutely what I was thinking. <laughs> that's
0: We're like Judy Garland. It, was it too much of a good thing?
2: <laughs> we are like Judy Garland. Good callback. We it. we, yeah. we see so everything sweet. ahead. We're intuitive, Paul. <laughs> Oh, God. Yes. you That's what you, it was. You, you were homesick or you decided this was enough glamour or enough, uh, I, I have to go back at some point.
1: It was either I stay here and try to become a, a French actor or go home. And I didn't want to stay and become a French actor, which <laughs> means, <laughs> if, I mean, I love the French <laughs> <in> actor. <style. laughs> But I... You, mm. you would
2: have been a great Jean-Paul Belmondo. Uh, <laughs> yes!
1: <laughs> I see you starring in Breathless. I, do you know, I was in Chicago, and I read a review by Pauline Kael mm-hmm. uh, of the New Yorker magazine about this movie called Breathless. How you gotta see it. And so I got on a plane... The night before, our day off or night off, mm-hmm. and I flew into New York City just to go see Breathless, you know. So yeah, I, I was still a great fan of, of that. That it, it all had that spontaneous look to it, didn't it? Oh yeah, there, was, there was, and, yeah, and that's I, I was always attracted to that, yeah. What,
2: when did when did you go back and and get involved with Paul Sills and what what eventually would become Compass Players?
1: I was in I came back somehow and I was in Los Angeles and I get a letter from Paul Sills and he said I've got this company called Second City and do you still do what you did as a kid at my mother's school? Mm-hmm. And I said I think so, yeah, and uh, he said, I saw you, Elaine May and I came out to the school, and you were this little kid, and we just wanted to know if you could do it, still do it. Wow. And uh, I said, I guess, and then I got on a plane and went, and uh, I was the quiet one, though, for a year. Oh, I have a little something to say. <laughs> <laughs>
0: By all means. Yeah, now would be the perfect time. (laughs) I haven't stopped talking since I sat down. No,
1: go ahead. Your turn. I'm sorry. Uh, No, tell us. No, I I don't want to be too pushy. No, we like it. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay.
0: Okay. (laughs) All you, (laughs) buddy.
1: Okay, what was I going to say? Well, Elaine uh, may come and see you. So so everybody was brilliant, and they were all from the University of Chicago and— great minds and very knowledgeable about what's happening everywhere in the world at all times, and I wasn't. So I would, when we took suggestions to the audience, I always took the uh, objects. So when it was time to do the improvisations after the show, I would take the objects and then make it around that, whether it's a a baseball or this or that. Anyway, one night we were... Taking suggestions. Oh, no. So we used to go every morning at 11 o'clock, uh, Barbara Harris, Severn Darden, brilliant, uh-huh. brilliant, brilliant. Oh, brilliant. love Severn Darden. Uh, oh, my God. Unbelievable. And the three of us would get on the bus and go see the latest arty movie. It would be like a uh, an Ingmar Bergman movie or an Italian wild movie or something. Then we'd come back and we'd satirize them that night, you know? So anyway, that was our pattern for getting new material. So we're on the bus going to the movies and there's a man sitting across from me on the bus reading How to Win Friends and Influence People. It was very moving and really interesting that he didn't cover the book up with something, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, I really thought this is so courageous and sweet this is nice so anyway we, uh, that night at the theater someone yells out phonograph record and i flashed on that guy's book and and i said i'll take i'll take that one i to. i'm gonna be a guy that buys a record called how to win a friend ah yes which you did on the carol burnett show all those years later uh, uh, yes. yes did it for you uh, did it forever um Anyway, so it's my point is, I could speak when I felt it was coming from me. Back to that again, it was something that moved me, that I thought was uh, very interesting, or you know. Anyway, then I could mm, not stop talking because I got the courage right. to be myself because. Right. People laughed. So you, you know? were
2: you were shy, you were shy. You were kind of a wallflower for the first year, and, then you, and then you gradually got your voice.
1: Instantly, the minute I saw the guy reading the book, how about that? A, a turning and, point. And that was the very yeah. Then I I got it. Oh, I get improvising now. It's all. It's got to come from me, my point of view on a, a subject. Oh, Am interesting. I being clear? Yes, um, very. Yeah, it,
0: that's there. Yeah. You know, now just a memory of mine when I was a kid living in Crown Heights, Brooklyn, me and my two sisters, Allie and Karen, would go every night over to the Brooklyn Museum uh to watch them film the Hot Rock.
2: Ha, <laughs> there you go.
1: Yeah, he was he was there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's I was, amazing. Yes, yeah. Was I was in the, in the crowd watching. a crowd of people watching them film the High Rock. Fascinating. Do we,
1: that when there's the big
0: car accident?
1: Yes, when yes. When Lieb, Liebman fakes yeah, the crash? And I, I'm pretending to be a doctor. Yes. Yep. And yeah. I just, and I every just swallowed night, a diamond. Yep.
0: yep. I, we would see them, the car, speed around. They built an artificial front to the museum so the car would have something to speed away from, and it would speed, and and they yeah, there'd be that car accident in the yeah,
1: beginning. It, yeah, that yes, exactly. I remember that very well. Also, it was very vivid. I got it. I was yeah, I saw them doing it
0: because I remember uh, they built like an artificial front, so they'd have something. For the car to speed around. Yeah, we game. had we
2: had Ron Liebman here on the show, and we we, uh, we oh of
0: course we, we talked yeah. about
2: that scene. As long yeah. as you jump to the hot rock, Gilbert. Yes, and I'll come back to Second City, but you know we fly around here, uh, Paul. Hmm? Uh, yes. Uh, watching last night, uh, I, I went back and watched it again. It's a it's a favorite heist movie. We just lost uh, William Goldman, by the way. Yeah, the, the, the writer of that screenplay.
0: Silver, a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, a couple of months oh, ago. God. Uh, just tell us about whatever you remember about Zero. Who played your dad? You were yeah. Greenberg. Uh, no, he,
0: I uh, no, I'm very Thank to you. Catch no, our, to catch to catch our yeah. audience the up. great I'm, Zero must Yeah, help. you were
2: <laughs> uh, Paul was Greenberg, the explosives expert. And That's and, uh, and Zero was his double crossing dad.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, aside and this is from all sincerity, aside from being an extraordinary, um, amazing, magical kind of actor, it would just get into it and not come out of it. Uh, what was interesting, we shared the car on the way to location all the time. It would just be him and me in the back seat being driven around. And uh, he would talk about himself as being a painter. He never talked about himself as being an actor. Interesting. Interesting yeah, that's the thing that comes to my mind, other than uh, playing with him wonderfully and comfortably in front of the camera uh, and being awed by watching him. yeah, but yeah. that was the most outstanding thing. And yeah. I
0: heard he would like just go off on his own tangents when he was acting. Wonderful. yeah, inspiring, yeah. Oh, we had uh, some. Yeah. We had
2: some people here who did stage performances with him. Who were, uh, you know, an, an actor named Gino Conforti who was in the original uh, yeah. Fiddler on the Roof with Zero. And some pe- people said he would just go off script some nights. He would just, he would just mm. make his own show. Yes, yeah.
1: <laughs> I can't wait to do that on Broadway. I'll do it.
0: <laughs> 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 I think it's just right? great. Yeah, and just and great. someone we're trying to get on this show, are George Siegel.
2: Yeah, another another great.
1: How how was he to what, work? What with? wonderful company you were in, Paul. It was a, 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 a very comfortable company. Yeah, I, I liked it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, yes, it was very comfortable. I don't remember any tension or throwing up or anything. <laughs> 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 very comfortable.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, what and, and Peter Yates gave you the part based on your Tony
1: speech. Wait a minute. We're now come? yes yes yes, uh, uh, yeah I'm stunned uh, at your uh, research. Oh, the internet's a wonderful <laughs> tool, Paul. <laughs> it's amazing to well, me. Well, we're it, fans. We're lifelong yeah. fans of yours.
2: So some <laughs> some of this shit we know naturally, uh-huh. and, and some of it we do. You know, we go we go digging to fill in the the gaps. And, yeah. and
0: sometimes we look something up on the internet, and it's totally fucking wrong. Right. There's a lot of
2: that <laughs> right. too. Yeah. We're, and then yeah. we're
1: called out on it by our guests. Yeah. Well, some some uh, what is this? Some agent. I can't think of his name. I really can't at the moment. Uh, he was a really hotshot agent at ICM, and he uh, asked me out to lunch. It was after I got the Tony, and he said, "If you leave your agent and come with us, ICM, I can." F- put you in this very interesting movie in a very interesting part. Would you do it? And I said, yes. And uh, I did. And I uh, went to meet um, Pete Peter Yates. Yeah. And he said, I did not, yeah, just what you said. I didn't see your play, but I liked your Tony Award acceptance speech. And I want you for this part. Wow. And so then he did audition me, and I did, and I was good at it. And then, yeah, that's it. You're great in that picture,
0: and I always Thank remember you. your line in it, where <laughs> Zira Mustel does something. You know, he's a really conniving guy. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. And and he's a shyster lawyer. And and you do You have this line where you go. Mama's going to be really angry at you. I can, If you don't mind me sort of like straightening out that line yes. a little. Yeah,
1: so uh, they decide to like pretend to get the a key to a safe deposit box. They take uh, Zero up to this empty warehouse yep. where I'm being held by this giant. And uh, they're going to throw me down the elevator shaft if— uh if if we don't if zero doesn't give us the key. So it was like we we're all in cahoots and I'm pretending to be chased around and screaming, no, no, let me alone now, my God. <laughs> and and he says, Zero says, You're kidding me, you wouldn't throw him down. And then Robert Redford says something like, Oh no? Okay, so and so. And they threw me down the elevator shaft. But it was only like a foot down uh, on a mattress, but I screamed real loud, like falling. <laughs> yeah. Ah, yeah. Ah, ah, and, then, and Zero goes crazy. What have you done? And then I say, I'm going to tell mama on you, daddy. Perfect. Ah, When you're hanging by the rope. Yeah. yeah. And then they cut to, I'm hanging by the rope. And yeah. then
0: I also remember from watching that movie years ago, Afghanistan, banana stand.
1: Yep. was not that funny? Yep. Yeah.
0: The word of hypnotism.
2: Yeah. All those great actors. Moses Gunn too.
0: Oh, he was great. Everybody and and oh oh and one of those things. Of course, I'd remember this. The music was dun 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 da 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 a look Dun, on Paul's da, face da, right da,
1: now. Da, 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 da. I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. <laughs> it's like an acid yeah. flashback, isn't it, Paul? Uh, I know that trick. Did, I don't know. Did Yates let you, the
2: master improviser, do any in- improvising and playing around with that wonderful mm-hmm. William Goldman script?
1: Uh, well, you know what I think. If something, if there's a wonderful lines to say, you're very comfortable with them, and you don't feel the need to like right. It is flow right along audio, yeah. So that's no, I don't remember. Because I'm, think,
2: I'm thinking about you and Redford yeah. uh, out, out, on the lake and the first scene that the two of you have together, and you're randomly flinging these explosives <laughs> yes. into, the, yeah. into the into the bushes, <laughs> and you're you're telling him that you studied at the Sorbonne.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that was all written, all written. Yeah, when we were like climbing over a wall, escaping, or going trying to escape into prison, right. Uh, then we made up some dialogue on the way over the wall to have something to say. Yeah, you know. such a wonderful yeah.
2: movie. And you visually, you look different in every single scene.
1: Isn't it strange? You've got I the know.
2: you've got the big fro, and the next time we see you, your hair is slicked back.
0: I and he's remember wearing, and he's that wearing, he's wearing yeah. he looks like
1: Secret Service. Oh my yeah.
0: god, and I it, remember it it was, the it, slick back hair. Yeah,
2: a very yeah. mysterious eccentric character.
1: Very idea, yeah.
0: Greenberg. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast. But first, a word from our sponsor.
1: Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13.
2: But let me go back to Second City, because uh, I want to ask, who was in the company then? When you, w- It wasn't Compass Players when you joined, right? Because that, no, that was Shelley that was, Berman.
1: That was the pre- previous that, incarnation. Yeah. First, there was playwrights. And then there was the Compass, and then there was Second City. And then, yeah. When I arrived, there was uh, Sever Darden, Barbara Harris, Eugene Trubnik, uh, Andrew Duncan. Right, great talent. Uh, Howard Alk. Sure. He was one of the owners. Was Libertini in there yet? Oh, God, yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. And Melinda Dillon, Melinda was, Dillon. His, was his girlfriend, and she was a—, a coat check girl uh, in the the club, and then she she knew uh, when Barbara Harris would have to go away, then Melinda said one day, I know everything she's done. Wow. So she would be, she'd get up there and do all the songs and all the sketches, yeah. 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 Melinda
2: yeah. Dillon, who would go on to star uh, with Richard Dreyfuss in Close Encounters of, yeah. the, of, the, of the Third Kind.
1: Uh, yeah, and a lot of Christmas story, a lot of great
2: All right, Christmas story with McGavin.
1: How can I forget that? Oh, she, yeah, flawless. Yeah.
0: And mm. what do you remember about your work, your early work with Alan Arkin? You know,
1: we didn't... I, I, I We were in the Young Actors Company together, but we were just these... You know, a little band of children, really. And uh we would do plays. The the Clown Who Ran Away and Never on Sunday or— or, or No, Sunday cost five pesos. All kinds. So we were just kids and, you know, the, nothing in particular. I didn't know he was going to turn into Alan Arkin. You know, we were just like children playing, Yeah, really.
2: I just wanted to say about Paul Sills. And by the way, did you—that wonderful book— called something wonderful right away. Did you give the author author that title?
1: You know that too.
2: (laughs) I read that book years ago. And by the way, more people
1: should know who Paul Sills is. He would really throw us to the ground if anybody tried to tell a joke. He said, like, literally pulled you down on the ground and said, "You, you were telling a joke? You're telling a joke? And he says, no jokes are allowed. Just humor you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. Not, and yet no, and yet all
2: these comedians came out of that came out of that school yeah how, how do you always how do you, how do you,
1: how do you square that up <laughs> i think i don't know about everybody but you sort of find your own again you know find your own way around and and i guess if cbs says well when i was doing that series uh for cbs the writers would have in the script and i had i had the main role in the show <clears throat> and on the script, it was typewritten, this is a joke, Paul.
0: <laughs> they had to spell it out.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I, I, I don't recognize a bad joke when I see one. Yeah. But you're a naturally funny actor. I mean, that, that... that's all. They saw me just doing Broadway, not telling one joke. And then they give me this contract and give me a script full of jokes that oh, I don't understand. Interesting. So, Sometimes but that was then. A
0: lot of uh, directors would go, well, like in airplane was the perfect example. They wanted actors. So it, they wouldn't say stuff like jokes. They wouldn't be funny. Well,
2: they, certainly but, in the case of airplane, they were trying to do straight up a straight-up parody, and, and they thought
1: comedians yeah, would ruin it, would call yeah, attention to the joke. Yeah, comedians
0: would just joke a joke that,
1: yeah I don't know. I don't know what's your, well, there's satirists. they used to call us satirists at second city. i we'd 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 make satire out of situations, movies and mm-hmm. headlines sure. and sure you know,
0: and it, you know, it's interesting that you say you uh, you're taking improv classes because i we had on uh, Bruce Stern who said he's always trying to be Improve his performance and be a better actor. Yeah. So like it never stops
1: with some no, people. No. No, I have a company now. Even yeah. Of, uh, tell us call, a, uh, tell us about the what, Santa Monica Theater Company. Is that where you? Uh, oh, you just <laughs> keep astonishing me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we put on shows and they're wonderful, and and uh, we've only done a few, but. The, Newspapers really like us, and and uh, I've got some stuff I want to do. And where uh, we raise money, and then we get some money, and then we put on a show like that. And so we have some exciting stuff coming. So good, and that's it. We'll it, plug yeah. it so, again. We'll plug it again at the end because it's important. And, okay, thank you. Thank and you.
0: getting back to the improv class, it's like so. You at no point ever like just take your shoes off, sit back and go, okay, I know what I'm doing?
1: Oh, no, no. I, I'm getting the feeling lately that I kind of know what I'm doing, and that's why I was <clears throat> courageous enough to start the theater and to direct actors. And I really like, uh, I, I love teaching and I love directing actors to uh, aim where I think they will be most comfortable and thrilling to watch. So, I, yeah, I could do that. I know how now, and that's really fun.
0: But there's still that part of you that says, I have to be better. Oh, yeah.
1: You relate yeah, to had, that, Gilbert?
2: <laughs>
0: Not me. <laughs> I sucked in the beginning, and I still do.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's no, it's no. And also, it's an interest in the subject. It's fun to do. And and uh, Aretha Sills knows everything Viola Spolin ever did, backwards and forwards. And so she's having us do some. Games now that I never did as a child that she must have done later, you know. So it's oh, it's all very exciting. How, how did yeah.
2: you working with with Second City and all these people and uh, throwing out other names, Bob Dishy, uh Ted Flicker? I don't know if you work if 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 these were people that were in
1: the company with you. Not Seven, not not your friend Valerie company. Harper. Uh, oh yes, yeah. she's like she's like a she's my fairy godmother. This woman, yeah, she just. She's amazing. A,
2: a, a lovely person I've gotten to meet three times.
1: I'm so glad. Yeah,
2: she's lovely. I adore her. But, she's amazing. But how did you get from—we're from? from we're trying to just do the chronology of this, uh, just to piece this together, Paul. You're, you're working out regularly with Second City now, and how, how does it start to turn into a professional acting career? Because I see you, you, you turn up in the TV show Bewitched in the 1960s. You turn up—did you do a series with George C. Scott called East Side, West Side?
1: I didn't remember that until this minute. How about yes. that? How
2: about that? Yeah. So you're yeah. starting to get acting work.
1: Well, what happened was we went on the road. We, we were just happy improvisers in Chicago, and then magazines start coming and reviewing, and then bring us to Los Angeles— And we came to Los Angeles. Then we were all signed by William Morris Agency. Mm -hmm. And then they were all sent out for jobs. So we started getting these odd little jobs and then going back to the theater at night and doing, you know, our show. Which is the ideal lifestyle for an actor, by the way. To have a home base and then go out and, you know. Because you started
2: turning up on interesting things. Gilbert, do you remember a show called Mr. Broadway with Craig Stevens? Yeah. No. Occasional Wife you were on. No. A sitcom. Sort of. Bewitched? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you started, hmm. and this is 64, 65, 66. You did The Mad Show in 66 with Joanne Worley. Oh,
1: yeah, and uh,
2: Linda Lavin. And Linda Lavin and Libertini. And,
1: and, yeah, and, 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 oh, I can't, yeah, okay, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so and, so you're turning into a you're turning into a professional now. It's not just it's not just classes and 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 workshops. And now you're getting, you're, yeah, you're getting TV remember, work, and you're on Broadway with a mad show off
1: Broadway. Yeah, but Broadway. my first job was being Judy Garland's partner. That was pretty professional. Okay, so but that yeah, happened first. That that was the first job. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I see what you. Yeah, we're we're starting to get noticed and asked. Yeah. Yeah. we were we were all getting kind of hot, you know.
0: And and you worked with the great Jack Gilford.
1: Yes, he played yes. my father. Yes. yes.
0: And what was, father. what was
1: what Black, was he like? Blacklisted, for. like Zero was. Yeah. Uh, it sounds funny to say a, a very sweet man, but he really was gentle and kind. And you know, by that time that they've been through some pretty rough times that uh that generation sure uh and his his wife was on set and she would knit and bring him lunch and he didn't chat but he was not cold but friendly yeah i got to talk
2: about paul sand in friends and lovers and i love i always loved that the title had your name above the name can... of the show paul sand in friends and <laughs> lovers <laughs> And it's—I I tell you—it's a—it's a show that a lot of people have a fondness for. Fred, Fred Silverman asked uh, Brooks and Burns at MTM to create a to create a vehicle for you. Is, I didn't is that how know, it I didn't shook know out? that because you had oh. done a, you had done a Mary Tyler Moore episode, a memorable yeah. one where you played her. You Catch. played an IRS agent, which I watched yeah. again. It's on YouTube, and it's charming, oh and and man. I huh. could see what huh. they saw in you, Paul.
1: Huh. Huh. Uh. Yeah, oh but what was the question?
2: Well, I was <laughs> trying to figure out how that show came about. By the way, Steve Landisberg was also on that show, Gilbert, a, f- a favorite of ours.
0: Oh yeah. Remember him? Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Absolutely. and an early role for
1: Penny Marshall.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So they surrounded you with good people.
1: Mhm. Uh Yeah, uh <clears throat> I did I did uh, the Tax Man on uh uh the Mary Tyler Moore show. Yeah, I can't forget the name of the thing, but her show, and um, and then we were doing the tag, shooting the tag at the end of the show, mm-hmm. and she said, "Why don't you stay on the show and be a regular?" And I said, "But I we're on. I'm on my way to Broadway. We're going to open a show." And she was like, "Well, don't you want to do a series? Have a good part of a series?" I said, "Well, I can't just notch." Show up. With <laughs> my you were going to do story theater. Yeah, yeah, going to do story theater. Right. So then I went away and did that for a long time, and came back and got a, a a little place to live in Malibu in a real junky part of Malibu. And I was on the beach with all these my dog friends. All the, all the dogs on the beach were my friends. Uh huh. Anyway, and we were all wet. One afternoon, sitting there, uh, staring at the ocean, and Mary Tyler Moore walks by, and Jim Brooks. Wow. And, I don't know, the head of the world walked by, like, (laughs) accidentally. (laughs) And said to you, you know, hi, oh, Paul, hi. How do you feel about doing a TV show? And I was all worn out from doing Broadway for a year and a half. And I said, um... Yeah, but I don't want to be a doctor or a cop or I don't know. They said, "Well, we'll call you. Come and visit us." And anyway, they came up with this concept of being a musician in the Boston Symphony. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and and do you have a brother? Yeah, so they put a brother in, tried to make me feel at home. I guess, and it was a weird experience. That was that was a
2: you weren't cut out for it. You weren't cut out for a weekly series.
1: Not that one. I see. <laughs>
0: okay, <laughs> I still you remember know I mean? the TV I guide mean, cover. That
1: was that was uh, that was that was a little difficult. I think Alan yeah. Bur- Alan
2: Burns was was one of the creators of the show. Was interviewed about it later in life, and he admitted that they were
1: overextended. That they, they use big words like that all the time, you know, wherever. I don't know, but they didn't expect it to be bought, I think. I see. Yeah, they didn't expect it to. And then there they were, and they they weren't writing on it at all. And they were telling the network that they were, and I had just yeah, people writing it, and there, nothing made sense to me. Sure. So, and table readings, I didn't know what the script was about. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: So th- what's, what's and, wrong? No, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so they they felt like unprepared, like it. They just felt it was an idea for a show, and they weren't well, but, ready when it went on. No, I, I I don't
1: know what went on in their heads or in their conversations, but. Uh, I kind of wanted to bring all the people that I've worked with with Second City uh, to the set and be the writers and right. start all over again, you know. People but, you, you were comfortable with. Yeah, but I, I didn't know at the time, like, say, the pardon the expression, the power I had at the time. So I probably could have talked Grant Tinker into bringing some of my people with me, you know. Right, but, right. Right, right, right,
0: right. And what was Mary Tyler Moore like to work with? Uh, Oh, the word adorable
1: just comes to me. Wow. Uh, And uh, real smart. Uh, A great survivor. Um, I liked her. I liked her. She was... I, I could I,
2: like. I could see why they said stick around because you guys and obviously she was supposed to be playing a woman who was single who was struggling to 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 find a love life. I mean it would yeah. it would have thrown the show the balance of the show off. But you two are were, were so charming together that I could understand what what they saw.
1: Yeah, I, no, yeah. I urge I, our
2: I, listeners to find that episode, and you you you're just you're just charming in it.
1: Uh, oh, thank you, and
2: quirky. <laughs> Anybody ever well, tell you I know I know Harpo Marx didn't speak but did anybody ever tell you how to kind of a Harpo Marx quality?
1: Yeah. And you're yeah. performing, Paul? Uh yeah, I, I, I yeah, but I I hadn't I, I don't know. You don't I, see it. Uh, oh no, it's not that. It's I don't stop to think of it or you know what I mean, okay, that's uh, he's wonderful to watch. I remember watching him as a kid forever. Yeah. Play the uh harp and, and Suddenly, become not funny and dead serious it was beautiful.
2: Yeah. There's, a, there's a, you know what I'm, you know what, I, do you see it, Gilbert? There's yeah, a, there's a childlike
1: yeah. quality in
2: your in your performances that sometimes mm. reminds me.
1: Mm. But well, that's a, yeah, I, I'm flattered. I met him too. Did you? Yeah, when I was traveling with Marceau in America, then. He was invited everywhere. I went to meet Stan Laurel. Wow. Tell, uh, tell us about that. Uh, went to his house. Wait, I'm going to drop a couple more names. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. Was Salvador Dali. Salvador Sal- wow. wow. Keep them coming, yes. Paul. Mm-hmm.
1: Sam, uh, yeah. But yeah, some very fascinating people.
2: Well, so, yeah. Laurel was living
1: in Santa Monica forever there.
2: Huh?
0: Yes, the, right up and, on Ocean, Ocean Avenue. Avenue. They always talk about he had his name in the book.
1: Yeah. Wait, who had who's his name? Uh, what? Stan Laurel. Well, we his had
0: name we was had in the Dick, phone Dick book.
2: Van Dyke and Chuck McCann and a whole bunch of people we had here on this show went and found Stan in the phone book.
1: Ah, uh, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yes,
2: yeah. Uh, how did you how did you find him? And I mean that. How did you? find I just
1: him? I went. Oh, how did I he impress me? Yeah. How I mean?
2: Uh, how did uh, you find the man to be as well as how did you find him?
1: You know, <laughs> it's so it, it's so interesting because it's all it, it's. These are all gentle people mm-hmm. you're talking about. There was nobody, uh, nobody freaking out, you know. Since Caesar was a little <laughs> freaking out, but uh, <laughs> the, these people you're mentioning were th- very gentle people, talented, and yeah. Did you so- have much interaction with Harpo? Uh, I, God, I was so pushy. I said, he showed us the wig, his wig. Uh-huh. And I said, can I try it on? Wow. And he puts it on my head. It's nice. And uh, that was aggressive of me, but it was, I, I like it. He, he didn't seem to mind. He was No, he was nice. How about that? Yeah. And,
0: and it is funny how I, it was amazing with Harpo, that he would go from funny and crazy to like totally serious and touching in the movies.
1: Yeah, when he'd
0: play the harp. Yeah. He'd yeah. Transport himself. Yeah. yeah. But tell us about Sid Caesar.
1: <clears throat> I he asked a few of us, I think from Second City to be on a show. And then he told me to come to Las Vegas to see him in a show. And he puts me at a table ringside, right next to him, practically. And <clears throat> I'd been working for like five years with comedy people, and and I didn't laugh. I didn't laugh at, the, at what he was doing. You know, and I had a... Uh, so, and then afterwards, he says, you didn't laugh at anything I did. Uh, I don't know how I got out of it, but... It was, it was not unhappy, but it was, it was not, not a, not a kind of person that's comfortable for me to be around
2: anyway. Interesting, interesting. Yeah.
1: Well, but just, I loved the show of shows. Sure,
2: my God. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Did you did you did you stay in touch with over the years with any of those Second City people, Paul? Did you stay in touch uh, with with Severn or or Libertini or uh, uh, yeah, Yep, Barbara Harris. Cover. We just lost. Yes,
1: of course. yeah, always. Yeah, Barbara moved to uh, um, Ar- Scottsdale, Arizona, and we talked on the phone a lot. And what a talent! Oh my God, yeah, yeah. She had a rather yeah. short career, all things considered. Intense. And very intense, and, yeah, she did, she did a lot. She didn't want to do a lot, so she would, she would quit and go home, and so definitely her own
0: person, you know. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast after this. Can can we ask,
2: can we throw a couple of other names at you before we let you go? Sure, try we, it. We know you got stuff to do. Here's mm-hmm. some here's some names. Uh you made a movie with Burgess Meredith, one of Gilbert's favorites. Yeah. Called The Bank hoax. The Great Bank yes, hoax. The Great well,
1: yeah. the Great no, The Great Bank the, Hoax. The Great Bank Hoax. Yeah. 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 yeah, that was nice. And uh Richard Basehart. Richard Basehart, right. who was a, an idol of mine as a kid. How about that? I mean, with like, as a kid, but I mean like Lestrada and sure. all that, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that was that's what I, I was with CAA and they would just put you in the movies, you know. Right.
0: And you work with Jonathan Winters.
1: You're in FIVA Max in a
2: small part. Yes.
0: This is astonishing. Yes. <laughs> I
1: confess you got me. We had John
2: yeah. Aston here who's also in that movie. Had what? We had him here a couple of weeks ago. Who? John Aston. Oh, Also really? Also in Viva Max, as yes, was Winters and Peter Ustinov and yeah. Gino Conforti.
0: Ah, exactly. Oh, well, there, yeah, yeah. But, now, but that's why. What with Jonathan Winters, he, he's another one I heard couldn't really stick to a script. He would just go nutty.
1: I did, I didn't notice. I had such. I had the smallest part ever. Yeah. Uh, I, I answered the a gate. I just said. What's the password?
2: <laughs> <laughs> but they
1: anyway they they weren't allowed to shoot inside of uh, the Alamo or outside the Alamo, so inside the Alamo, so they brought us all to Rome. And uh, how about they that? built wow. the interior of the Alamo, and that was a whole another adventure in Rome. Yeah. How
2: about making uh, the main event with with Barbara and John and uh, John Peters and Ryan O'Neill, which you're fun in? Uh, was that CAA throwing you into another movie? That was ICM. I see. That was you Arnold moved around, Steve- Paul.
1: Well, the agencies get tired of you, you know, yeah, they don't answer there. the phone. And, you know, <laughs> I can relate. They so they know. forget
0: uh, who you are. Uh, they forget like like, you know, George, like Judy Garland.
1: Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. They yeah, you have to so you have to keep hustling and or, or to say yes to the next person that offers you. Yeah, um But you like working with Streisand? I did. Yeah. <gasps> I did. All she is to me is a perfectionist. And uh, what's so bad about that? But people seem to resent resent yeah, it's very weird. I even she asked me to put a quote in her book and I said y- your success and career remind me of what they did to the most beautiful and talented people in the ancient days. They would throw them down volcanoes because they couldn't stand to look at them. So it was, I feel that she had a lot of envy and jealousy coming her way. Interesting. Uh, And she tried very hard to get it right. Uh, You can't knock that, you know. Yeah. She did cut my best scene out of a movie, though. <laughs> <laughs> not not that movie. A different movie. No, no that
2: one. Oh, that movie. <laughs> yeah.
1: Both, yeah. Both she and Robert Redford sort of cut me out of the best scene. God but damn anyway. it!
2: Do I you know. do you? This I found doing. This is some fun uh, uh, stuff I found doing research, Paul. Yeah. The uh, uh, the back to the Mad Show. Did you know that the Mad Show had a softball team that played in Central Park? <clears throat> no. And no. on the sh- and, I, and I don't think anybody that was in the show was on the softball team, but there's a picture online. I'll send it to you of all okay. of these these ball players in the park, and they're all wearing Mad Show logos on their baseball uniforms. Patty Chayefsky, Jason Robards, Alan King, George C. Scott, Tom Wolf, and Woody Allen. Isn't that bizarro? Wow! And,
1: I'm so impressed. And
2: you weren't invited to play. No, no, yeah.
0: And you huh. worked with Arthur Godfrey.
2: Do you have any memory of that? He was in the bank hoax.
1: Oh, yeah. uh, I don't remember. I Isn't that weird? It's okay. It's okay. I, he hated
0: I, the Jews.
1: <laughs> did he?
0: According to Gilbert. He did. So. Arthur Godfrey, famous uh, Jew hater. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: I don't remember. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: What about... <laughs> this was... This was a fun. Uh, uh, but by, by the way, did Sonheim uh, do some ghost writing on the Mad Show? Do you know about that? No, Stephen
1: Sonheim. No. Oh, that way yeah. Yeah, I did not. Yeah, yeah. He wrote uh, a, a couple of. Songs, the boy from Ipanema. You bet. The boy the, boy. the boy
2: from. Uh, it was called
1: the boy from Ipanema. Yeah. yeah. Um, that Linda Lavin sang. Yep. And uh, Mary Rogers wrote the lyrics. That's I think. right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I had the Mad uh, Show album. I was
2: too young to see the show.
1: Yeah, that was nice. They were very nice, and again, really, uh, pardon me, very comfortable people, yeah. hard workers.
2: Look yeah. back at it; it it's just sort of a precursor to Rowan and Martin's laughing. In many ways.
1: Yes, you're right. Yeah. yeah. And
2: Joanne Worley was in the New York cast. I think Alan Seuss was in an L.A. version.
1: He was also Ma- in the New York cast. Was he?
2: Yeah. An- another talented guy. Very, yeah. 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 We loved We loved him. Tell us about Carol Burnett. You did some memorable Carol Burnett shows, and the sketches are, by the way, all on YouTube, with you playing the jealous dad, the yeah. one where you're on the, the honeymooners on the drive. And there's that solo piece. There's the there's the how to win a friend.
1: Yeah, she was the closest thing to the joy that I had working with Second City. Oh, she was so sp- open and loving and spontaneous, uh, uh, and a, a wonderful performer. Uh, she was just great to work. It was like working with Barbara Harris or you know, it was just like being in a company. I didn't feel like we we're in some TV hit. Yeah.
2: She was supportive if, of of other uh, other performers. Oh, Would let you she had, make
1: you, help you shine.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Did, did you work with Harvey Corman?
1: No, I don't think he liked me very much. I had a definite feeling. Really? Like what's he Yeah, like what's he doing here?
2: Because <laughs> I notice all your scenes are with Carol, yeah, and not the other players. No, yeah. Although but he is yeah. in an episode with Steve Lawrence Gilbert.
1: Oh, so that I think so. Like a gangster, I think. Yeah, I, I play Mad Dog.
2: Yeah, I think. absolutely, <laughs> Ab- absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, Paul, tell us about the Curb Your Enthusiasm episode which you you brought up in the first uh, thirty seconds <laughs> and is so memorable.
0: Yes,
1: and
2: and possibly my favorite episode in the run. Uh, well, I
1: I can say anything on a podcast, can I? Yes,
2: yeah. you can. Oh. it's
1: a wild west, buddy. Yeah. Oh, uh, I got a, a call to come and audition, and then they, it is improvised. Uh, but they give they gave me a little piece of paper that said what I was. You're a French chef with Tourette's syndrome, <laughs> and French. you hate hate salmon. And so then they give everybody else a little piece of paper. You own a restaurant. You're trying to find a chef to hire, etc., etc. et cetera. So uh, we just started improvising, and I played the fresh chef. I don't like this uh, salmon, and I'm going to go now. Go fuck yourself, motherfucker. And I left the room. And I got out of my car and I went home. Uh, And then my phone rings and says, where'd you go? And I said, well, I don't know. I just just left. And they said, well, you know, come back and let's do the show. Let's do it together. And so we were shooting it and there was this wonderful, uh, beautiful girl in braids and short, short Levi's and, she was pulling cables around, and and I said, "Hey, I need some like really dirty words fast that I gotta <laughs> I say." Called
2: Gilbert, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and she just stood that, and she goes and she just says, uh, "Cock suck the motherfucker asshole, cocksucker motherfucker asshole." So then I had to, then I said it right on on the air, and, you know. I did it. It's great. And that was part of, the dialogue I threw it in. It's great. She gave them to me. Yeah, yeah. that's wonderful. Not that I needed them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but she seemed like the right person to ask. That yeah. that's
2: that's considered a classic episode <laughs> and a classic moment. It was, in fact, it was a season finale. Yeah, e- episode. I
1: think it was. It was. It was good. I had a great time.
2: And it's fun that when you look at that group of people, that there are there are a couple of ex-Compass people. In the scene with you is Paul Dooley. Yes. Playing yes. Larry's father-in-law. Yeah. And there was a she- lot of Shelley Bourbon's in, in, there. in there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. A lot of people. Michael York. Was Michael in York. That. Ah. That's
2: right. He's the restaurant. He's the partner.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were sitting out in the sun and he was having a cigarette, I think. And uh, I, we were sitting on a curb next to each other. And I said to him, what did it feel like having the whole world want to go to bed with you? And he said, "They
0: did. (laughs) Wow. Where are they? Where are they now?" (laughs) Great. (laughs) And what was? Did you know Shelly Berman?
1: No, no. Met him once, I think.
2: Yeah. I just got a. I got a question from a listener for you, Paul. From Leslie Friedman. She's a fan, and she wants to know: Did you do any studying or training to play Rabbi Polanski? On Joan of Arcadia?
1: No studying, yeah. just uh, no. Is she? Uh, oh, oh. I'm an actor and I pretended. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, no, no, no studying, but
2: yeah. You know. Gilbert and but I. The, the
1: scripts were good. The scripts
2: know. were good. Gilbert and I dug up something last night, another curio. You and um, Dean Jones playing the Brothers Grimm. In, in a Variety special.
0: Very peculiar. Incredible.
2: Everybody's in that with you. Yeah. Terry Garr. Artie Clee Johnson. Artie Johnson. Ruth Buzzy. Who else, Gil? Cleavon oh, Little. God.
0: Uh, yeah. Edie yeah. McClurg. Everybody. Oh, ev- yeah. What do you remember yeah. about
2: making that? And you're singing. And you're
1: dancing. And singing. I know. I, I know. <clears throat> I remember uh, he and I would ride around in carriages all the time. Yep. And we'd shoot all night. Uh, I remember that. I remember Terry Gar. Everybody was sleepy all the time because no one slept. Uh, but I can't tell you that I remember a whole lot about it. Mm-hmm. Re- but the, the guy that choreographed it is Paul Godkin, and he was in my life earlier. Uh, for, he did the Judy Garland thing. There you go. Then I go, and then... I earned some money before I went to France, being on a television show that he choreographed. So he was, yeah, he was, it was seeing bumping into the same people. It's really nice.
2: I think it's great that Paul Sand has to run off to do an improv class yes. for the end because it's <laughs> amazing. Just, it's, per, per, it's perfectly fitting. But before we let you out, do you care to comment on either Holy Moses or Can't Stop the Music? And we'll understand if you want to take the headphones off and just walk.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> Holy Moses was like the best time I have. I had never had really a lot of experience in the movies, but that was the best time. the The director, do you know who the director was? Yeah, uh, Gary the... Weiss. Oh, who had come from Saturday Night Live? So brilliant. He would. Uh, I played a, an angel yep. with a sex addict. Yep, angel and a alcoholic. And uh, and I had a, I don't remember, I had a monologue or something sitting on a rock talking about how tough life was uh, or being an angel was. Um, and he got he laid down underneath the camera. And so his head was right underneath the lens. And he laughed so hard, so silently, and it was so encouraging that there was just no stopping, you know what I mean? He mm-hmm. was so encouraging and so loving to us. Uh, yeah, that was wonderful. And good, then Good people in that movie. Richard <coughs> Pryor, obviously. Yeah. And Dudley uh, Moore. Yeah.
2: And then Can't Stop that, that, the Music, you were playing basically
1: ah, <laughs> a record uh, executive? I was sort of playing Arnold Stiefel, an agent. Okay. But I was sort of... Alan Carr said, "Use Arnold Stiefel as a role model for you." So, yeah, <clears throat> that was uh, yeah, that was one of the things where I, I said, "I don't like the dialogue. Can I change the dialogue? And uh, and they he uh, Alan Carr said, "Yeah," and I said, "I have a writer, and she can help me. She writes movies." And he said, "Well, I can't give her any money, but I can give her a, a fur coat or a new car."
0: <laughs> fantastic! <laughs> so,
1: ask her which one she wants. Oh, fantastic! And she, was sort of, she was a wonderful, smart, kind of a mannish woman, and she said, "I don't want a fur coat," and so she needed a new car, and got her. a, that, that was Yeah. So that was.
2: That's a uh, that's yeah. a wild movie. That's insane. I yeah. mean, it, yeah. I mean, a, 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 a real golden turkey. But there's 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 some fun things in it.
1: Yeah, I sort of remember. Yeah, I remember the. low Yeah, they put us up at the Plaza Hotel. Nancy Everyone Walker had, directed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Did you have fun making it at least?
1: I can't say no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Last question. Did you yes, sir. Do you remember anything about working with George Carlin and Blake Edwards? No. Did I? Yes. <laughs> in a pilot called
1: Just In Case. Oh, I didn't even. I, yes. How do you like that? I remember doing the pilot. Didn't, yeah. st- didn't stick with you. No. Isn't it interesting no. in
2: an actor's career? That you do, you, you have so many, so many, gen, uh, you know
1: it's work. It's just another job. Uh, yeah, it is weird sometimes. Uh, if I look at IMDb, I don't think I did some of these things. But, yeah. Are you yeah. in touch with Valerie still? Yes. How's she doing? Yes. And her husband, by the way, Richard Shaw,
2: another funny guy. Yes. Yeah. yeah her ex husband. Her ex husband. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She, she's remarried to a wonderful Tony. And uh, they live in Santa Monica. Um, we talk on the phone once in a while. It's very nice. We should have her she's on this. M- Pardon me. I said Gilbert. I was Gilbert yeah. and I should
2: have her on this show, Valerie. She's a great talker <sighs> and she's done everything.
1: She oh do. She's got a lot to say, and she's ext- amazing. She helped me so much. Yeah. In certain moments. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about the Santa Monica Theater. I know you did a Kurt Vile piece not long yeah.
1: ago. Yes, and, yeah, and,
2: you're, and it's still going strong.
1: The the and theater our- is still have has its heart, and we're still. I'm, I'm finishing writing a play. Okay, and we want to do that, and I want to do other. There's other plays I want to do, and I have a. I don't have a company, but I have some favorite actors. Uh, there's the very the Shea star. She's brilliant. Saul Mason is a he's a great actor from uh, Australia. So there's I have some favorite ones, and we'll all just keep working together. So we'll tell our read, our, we,
2: our well, LA peeps to come see you.
1: Yes, yeah, and yes. The, and,
2: the, and and the name of the the space again is the Santa it, Monica well, the
1: Public Theater. Yeah. We need to raise a lot of money so you can you can tell people
2: absolutely. You you yeah. were you were born there in Santa Monica, li- lived above the bo- the uh, the carousel at one point, and you're still there.
1: I don't live there, I live up down the beach. Yes. Down the beach, but you're yeah. still,
2: but you're still, you're 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 where you started. There's something oh, nice yeah. about that.
1: Yeah, I learned how to walk on the pier.
2: Yeah, I'm, as a as a baby, that's great. Mm. Will you write a book, mm. Paul? Will you will you write a memoir and
1: tell and. Uh, a funny you should mention that. I'm taking writing, uh, memoir writing class, and this uh, interesting woman, uh, Jill Robinson, Jill Sherry Robinson, she's the daughter of Dory Sherry. Dory Sherry, oh, sure. Yes, and she's uh, encouraging me to write my memoirs, so uh, I am doing that. I think you should. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I think there's sort of, yeah, I, I am more or less, what, yes. what was
2: an evening with Paul Sand, which you did last year? Was it just you telling stories and—, and...
1: I, In Arkansas, how do you know about that? <laughs> 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 it's on the web. No, it was a, co- a university thing. I have a friend who taught film yeah. in that university, and would I come and talk? Is that the kind of
2: thing that maybe you would tour with? Develop it and and uh, you know what I'm thinking. Remember,
1: remember, it was a Spalding Gray He sure. used to read. It.
2: Yeah,
0: I I can think.
1: I have fun reading my memoir stories, so that could might be interesting. You know, but anyway, there's uh, yeah.
2: You have what stories we, to yeah. tell. We, yeah, we appreciate yeah. you coming and doing this, and and sh- I'm
1: stunned and. I'm sorry. I, I was
2: going to say schlepping all the way from Santa Monica to Hollywood. To, to, and, and you sat in traffic for a long time, and we appreciate a, that.
1: You know, but class is not very far away, so we're going we're, to class now.
2: And yeah. Gilbert's going to a comedy
1: class right after this, right? I Gil- yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to a stand-up <laughs> class. I love you. Every time I see you, Gilbert, I love watching you. Oh, thank I've, you. I've, I've, yeah, I always—you're well, uh, one of those people where you just stop and watch, <laughs> and you, yeah. It's yeah. We, a, we don't take you casually.
0: Oh, thank you. That's Paul. a
1: nice compliment. Wow, truth well, is a truth. Yeah, yeah, he does
2: command attention, doesn't he?
1: It's wonderful. Yeah, and he
0: has
2: well, you, one of the most distinct voices in all of show business.
1: That's true, but we can sort of see you thinking, and it's wonderful to watch you think. Yeah, <laughs> that Thanks. ended Like a long right time now, ago. you're thinking oh, yeah. right, it's wonderful. <laughs> Yeah. Paul, you ever
2: this way? You ever in New York?
1: No, but I want to do my uh, show in writing uh, on Broadway. Okay. Yeah, so.
2: Let us know, and we'll take you to lunch. Uh,
1: okay. Well, if you here is coming, then
2: drop by. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: yeah, Gilbert's so, wishing so. you had started the show with a compliment.
0: <laughs> what? what? I said
2: Gilbert's wishing you yes. started the show by complimenting him, but he'll take it here.
0: Oh, uh, and well, and to think that going back that flashback of me and my sisters when we were kids, watching them film the hot rock and then hearing a wonderful compliment from you.
1: Oh, well yeah, well, we could go on and on, but it's really been a real pleasure meeting the
0: two of you.
2: Uh, thanks Thank for doing you. this. We'll tell our listeners to uh, to rent the hot rock or watch the hot rock if they okay. haven't. And
0: anything to plug. Yeah. Anything
1: to plug. plug to the anybody theater. that Yes, yes, yes. support support the theater. We'll yeah. put it up on social media and we'll yeah, let you, we'll wonderful. let you
2: know when this goes up on the internet,
1: Paul. Great. Thanks so much you guys. We thank so, okay. you. This has okay. been
0: Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast. With my co-host, Frank Santopadre, and we've been talking to the great Paul Sand.
1: Thank you, Paul. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Bye. Okay, bye.
0: I'm such Well, if You're a lady then you shouldn't push. I'm well, me, well, a out out push. I'm man. I push. Out of the way. It's a world, 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 man. And the framless we can the to bridge. We won't give Tristan into anyone's trench, cause we don't remember. But take your losing scannaboo to you is on pro plan And it's time we were slander we had Well the answer's simply for slat
1: It's to Rose for shredding is mad It's a
0: world, 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 world mad What? And the framples we can to bridge What did you say? But we won't give Tristan into anyone's trench. Wait a minute! Just you sing it. But we won't give Dresden to anyone's ranch. That's what I taught, Because uh. we, we don't rip and brand. That's no word. Is what un- kind un- of program. word is that? A and stu- it's time we for slander we stupid stu- word! Well, the answer's oh. simply for slam.
1: Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast is produced by Dara Gottfried and Frank Santapadre, with audio production by Frank Verderosa. Web and social media is handled by Mike McPadden, Greg Pear, and John Bradley Seals Special audio contributions by John Beach Special thanks to John Fotiadis, John Murray, and Paul Rayburn